0: about this probably at length but we'll just give you a flavor of the one hour phone call Donald Trump had um with a bunch of Georgia state election officials yesterday I don't know who released this but the full hour phone call came out here's a little taste you know what they did and you're not reporting it that's a you know that's a criminal that's a criminal offense and and you know you can't let that happen that's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan your lawyer that's a big risk but they are shredding ballots, in my opinion, based on what I've heard, and they are removing machinery, uh, and they're moving it as fast as they can, both of which are criminal fines, and you can't let it happen, and you are letting it happen. You know what I mean? I'm notifying you that you're letting it happen. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. Which is one more that we have, because we won the state. So that phone call goes on for an hour. I listened to the entire hour last night, and it's pretty fascinating.
1: The president is talking to the Republican uh, attorney. I'm sorry, uh, Republican Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, and his attorney, the 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 lead counsel for the Secretary of State's office. And he's
0: got his lawyers on the phone, and there's a bunch of people. But um, so you've also got the whole. Uh it's a formality generally that Congress gets together and uh says they yeah we agree with the electoral college and the votes go through and the next person is president thing, and you've got Ted Cruz leading eleven other senators who are gonna who are gonna fight that at some point this week. All this kind of fits together mm-hmm. my My belief on this, and it'll be interesting to hear what Joe has to say. I hope so. That's what I'm shooting for. I can't, I can't really get worked up about this. I, 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 I was done with this subject uh, way back when Tucker Carlson told Trump's lawyer, hey, I'll give you the entire hour, I'll give you the whole week to come on the show because this is the biggest story in the history of the country. Mm-hmm. Come on the show and explain it. They took a pass on that. To well, me, yeah,
1: was, him saying, if it was stolen, you come on, you use my airwaves all week long to explain how.
0: Yeah, and right. to me, that was the end of it when they when they took a pass on that. And, and there's been a whole bunch of different court cases where they, they make claims and then they show up and then, then they don't have the stuff. So my, my, my quick take on this that again, we'll, we'll make, uh, to me, there are three groups, pretty clearly three groups. All right. You got the, uh, Trump hating Democrats, Mm -hmm. Trump hating Republicans, and then people who, who like Donald Trump, who vote for Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, I might quibble with your your titles, but yeah, that's the three. Yeah, well, there you know, there are there are
0: fringes. I we've gotten texts from people who are people like me. I wish Trump had won, but I think he lost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he lost fair and square. He lost. Sure, and I'm in that crowd. But for people on on all of those groups who are getting so worked up, and it's hard to tell how worked up people are on social media because being worked up is like the coin of the realm. Sure. So you can't tell if people are actually that adamant. But I've taken That's it a the bunch of. That's native language. I've taken it a bunch of podcasts. The people, uh, the, the, the Trump-hating Democrats who think he's going to um, overturn the election and steal, he's not. It's not going to happen. Everything's going to be fine. Eleven senators is not enough to do anything. Nope. And, he, the, you, and they don't mean it. And they don't even mean it. You listen to the phone call. The, 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 the state officials stood up to him and said, no, you're, you're wrong about that. That's not true, and we're not going to do anything. It's, he's not going to accomplish anything. Right. So don't worry about it. Don't act like our democracy is under siege and we're barely going to hang on to it. Nothing's going to happen. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a no big deal. And then on the, the other side of it, if you're concerned that, something horrifying happened and an election was stolen it wasn't no it, it wasn't. just wasn't some no. s- systematic the republicans and democrats are in on it together with the media and all
1: of talk radio and fox news conspiracy didn't happen and all the republican judges including trump appointees who were somehow swayed so that didn't happen either yeah <laughs> so, so if, if you eliminate those two things I just, I'm just i not that worked up about it. I just think it's interesting in terms of populist politics. I mean, from a purely rational point of view, you're right. But there are millions and millions of votes at stake. And those millions of votes will determine the government and government policy and perhaps the future of this country. So I think it's, it's really interesting to watch. Here is the reality. And Jack gave you a bunch of it. Um and, and some of you can accept it. Those of you who can't, I think you there are two groups. You will come to accept it eventually in the same way I came to accept I wasn't going to be a pro baseball player or six feet tall. I just it's too bad, but it, there it is. Uh and there are some of you who will never accept it, and that's fine. I don't particularly care because if I can't persuade you, why would I worry about it? Here is the reality of it. Uh there's plenty of vote fraud in America. Plenty of it. And a brighter, a much, much, much brighter light has been shined on it. And that's a good thing. And there are there are people like uh, Ted Cruz and Mark Meadows and, and folks like that who are going to stay on that beat. And Tucker Carlson, for that matter, who we've mentioned. Uh, so that is absolutely a positive development. But Trump and company have taken this to court all over, over and over and over again, including the very, very friendly judges. And uh, very friendly legal analysts, including the one I have in my hand from uh, Ilya Soman and Andrew McCarthy, there is nothing there. He doesn't have a chance. That call was strange. I think Trump believes most of what he heard on the Internet, So or he's got yeah. enablers or that, sycophants. That's
0: or, a big question, and I, I encourage you to listen to the whole phone call because it's pretty damned interesting. Yeah, um, The whole hour phone call does... I went into it when I just turned the highlights thinking, he yeah, Trump doesn't believe this. He's just pushing it. He's just fighting. I, I don't know now. I don't know if he actually believes this stuff and is surrounded by only Rudy Giuliani and some other people who do believe it and are telling him these are facts.
1: Yeah. That crazy lawyer lady. What's her name? I should know it. But I stopped paying attention for like a week. So I think
0: Trump actually
1: believes Sidney Powell. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I could cite you chapter and verse of the various conservative courts, the Trump appointees, the legal commentators who, who are trying to tell you people, Biden won. It's over. These legal challenges are silly. Here's the reality of it for those of you who haven't figured this out. And, and, and there are so many people in the media and talk radio in Congress and the Senate who are not going to say this because it's not good for business. I just don't care anymore. Um, if if y'all don't want to listen anymore, that's fine. Write your angry email, which I'll barely look at, and, and go live your lives. And God bless you. I hope you have nothing but health and happiness. Ted Cruz, uh, Mark Meadows, all the politicians, those 11 senators we mentioned, the talk radio guys, the news commentators, all of them just want to hold on to the uh, 20% of the country? I don't know. I'd have to think about that number that is what I would call... Trump super loyalists. Because you got your Trump super loyalists, you got your conservatives who think, well, you know, he did pretty good on a lot of stuff. Then you've got your, like, uh, Jonah Goldberg anti-Trump Republicans. And then you've got the great unwashed masses on the left, and they can do whatever they want. Again, I don't care. But Ted Cruz, for instance, who's a very smart and calculating guy, if only he could come off as a real human being, he, he could be president someday. But he thinks, I've got to have that 20%. Well, he finished second. Yeah, he finished second to Trump. It's a pretty
0: easy calculation. I take my voters plus a good chunk of Trump's voters. I'm the nominee
1: next time around. Right. Maybe president. All these people are convinced that you 20 percent are convinced of what Donald Trump was convinced of in that call, which is a lot of I hate to use the term conspiracy theories because it's it's abused a lot. A lot of untrue stories. Um, there's a lot the president claimed that just isn't true, according to staunch conservatives, Trump supporters, judges, the rest of it. Um and, and the calculation is Attorney look, General Barr, you people can't be reasoned with, so I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, Barr, great example. Barr says, No, there's not there's nothing there. There's nothing no I'm sorry, not there's nothing. There's nothing widespread enough to change the result. So they're afraid of offending you. They being Ted Cruz and all those talk show hosts and the news people and the rest of it, they're afraid of offending the Trump super loyalists and trying to thread the needle as a conservative between Trump super loyalists and you're okay with Trump. And threading that needle is just—it's been too much work, and I'm not going to do it anymore.
0: Well, from the you know from the angering everybody from angle every angle side, you know, so obviously my opinion would anger anger you if you believe this stuff in your. Hardcore Trump, I guess. The other side of it to me is, you know, because we got a text. Um, uh, Trump is undermining democracy. How do you not care about that? I don't, uh, it's not going to do any harm. It's not going to do any harm. I agree with what Rahm Emanuel said yesterday, Democrat, former chief of staff of Barack Obama. He said, how about we focus on all the other Republican officials around the country that have said no, it was a fair election, as opposed to the just eleven
1: senators. Right. There are
0: plenty of senators and House members and people in states all across this country who are saying no, no. I wish, wish you'd won, but you didn't, and we're not going to go along with it. The system worked; it right. held. The institutions held by far. It's not even close. Trump's. It's not like we barely squeaked by, and Trump's going to overturn the election. It's not
1: even close. Yeah, my the only st- point of disagreement is I think it might increase cynicism. And, oh, and, i and yeah. pandering to the clearly but I irrational. Just, I just feel like that train's
0: left the station. Yeah, well, the whole okay. cynicism train.
1: I got no counter argument for that. <laughs> I, we're,
0: we're, we're all so cynical about everything Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't it doesn't help that cause or anything like it, but
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, that's our take, uh, like it or, or hate it. And
0: and by by again, the way, it is worth pointing out there have been a number of democrats over the last those three elections that Republicans won. And the House that uh,
1: fought the results also. Oh, sure. Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Uh, d- yeah, please. Rejecting the legitimacy of uh, elections. That is the Democratic playbook. They've Trump- done it over and over and over again.
0: Trump didn't win. He's not going to be president. Um, nope. It's not even close. The, the, if you listen to the whole phone call, those, those people in Georgia, they didn't even come close to bending. Under the pressure from the president. I mean, Brad
1: Raffensburger is not going to find 12,000 votes.
0: There is no moment where they said, well, you know, you make a good point. But no, that just kept, they listened, they would let, the first statement from Trump on there, I think, is 18 minutes long. Before they respond, and they respectfully, because you're talking to the dang president of the United States, mm-hmm. they respectfully let him go through the entire thing. And they said, well, Mr. President, all the points you made, they just, we've looked into all of them and just aren't true. And uh, kind of went back and forth from there, and then toward the end of the phone call, which is really my favorite point, is where, uh, part is where Trump gets into. You know, people are laughing at you behind your back. You've become a laughing stock. I like that technique, which I'm sure has worked many times when you're dealing with like building a hotel or something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> people are laughing. You know, everybody's calling you a coward for this, for not installing this kind of tile. Yeah, yeah, but not with elections. So. But
0: it's it's not. Nobody's going to give the the the, the presidency not going to be stolen. Isn't being stolen either direction. Biden didn't steal it, and Trump's not going to steal it. Correct.
1: So I'm just not that worked up about it. I just, uh, I'm enjoying the machinations from a political science perspective. I think I like a lot of these things. In a few days, it'll be over,
0: and it'll be barely talked about ever again. Trump and his, uh, uh, or
1: Ted Cruz and his group of senators that are fighting this. Yes, exactly. We shall never surrender! <laughs> it's, I love that clip. <laughs> Except that that voting block is still going to be out there, and they're still going to be uh, catered to or pandered to, depending on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. We'll all enjoy that together in the coming days as the 2024 election cycle begins at March. No oh boy.
0: <laughs> um, anybody see Cindy Lauper on uh, Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve? Is she all right? There are a lot of phrases and words there that are uh, in dispute. Who is this show for? (laughs) That's a very good question. That, among other things, on the way.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Gentlemen Cindy Loppers rocking New Year's Eve. And this is where she starts into her weird old lady dance. It looked like talent night at the old folks' <laughs> home. So um New Year's Eve, my kids uh, I got a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old now. And, uh, as Henry had a birthday, and my 10 year old is super into staying up till midnight on New Year's Eve. That's so exciting <laughs> for me. We go to the, we go to the Circle K and he gets to pick out like three junk foods and a giant Coca Cola. Oh, and boy. It, it's just a stay up <laughs> all night long party. So he's got cheese balls and, uh, like gummy bears and oh, my a big Coca Cola. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: That's amazing. It's just thinking about that makes me want to puke. Oh, the I kids know. Kids just can't get Oh, enough.
0: he's so excited about it. And his, uh, his younger brother Henry, who's now nine, and he kind of wanted to be into it, but he's not much of a uh, stay up late. He's a go to bed early, get up early sort of guy. And doesn't really like junk food, but he kind of played along. He almost made it to midnight, but he made it till a quarter to midnight when we were rockin', watching Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. Dick Clark, who's Uh-oh. been dead for quite some time.
1: Uh, And and Rockin', again, virtually every aspect of that title is in dispute. (laughs) Rockin' New Year's Eve. (laughs) It did appear to be New Year's Eve. With Ryan (laughs) Seacrest,
0: which also featured, what's that, uh, uh, the the most popular band in the world? uh, BTK? BT. No, that was
1: a a serial killer in Wichita. BTS, I believe. BTS, yeah, the most popular band in the world, by far.
0: They came out and did their weird, androgynous, are you a girl or a boy, are you 40 or 15- Boy band act, right? Which is just—I don't—I don't even know what that is. I don't know what the appeal is or whatever. But that's—you know—a certain crowd goes crazy for that. And then shortly after that, you have the seventy-year-old Cindy Lopper. and she got the close-to-midnight slot. Yes, which is headlining. I gotta, I gotta believe BTS opened for cindy lopper in <laughs> 2020 I, I gotta believe that you know agents work really hard to get that close to midnight slot when the most people are watching of course yeah and it's usually somebody really hot but it was freaking cindy lopper who had a hit in the early 80s And she's really old now, and she was dancing around really weird like an old lady. It reminded me of Robert De Niro in The Irishman. He's too old to actually do the moves he used to do. Sydney Lauper was like that. She's kind of stiff-legged and almost fell down once. And both my kids were all cracked out on Coca-Cola and junk food. are like, what the hell is This. They were just laughing so hard at this grandma who was stumbling around on stage in front of uh, you know nobody in the streets there in well, New York.
1: They, look, I'm no ageist. I mean, I've, I've watched Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin lately, and he's still making great art, but he's not leaping about the <laughs> stage in super tight jeans like it's 1972. No, it's just, I've seen fat old bluesmen on a, on a stool playing their stuff. It's fine. I'm like, not an ageist.
0: And like Sean said, who is this for, though? Well, and who's one, in the crowd one that's point, tuning in that wants both of or either of those?
1: Right. We got to get the clip where at one point, one of her assistants says, you got to take off your scarf. You should take off your scarf. She starts yelling, stop it. I'm on camera
0: with her New Jersey accent or whatever.
1: <laughs> So, unfortunate that her incredible performance was marred by some backstage hostility, but again, whose idea was that? (laughs) Ryan Seacrest? (laughs) Dick Clark from Beyond the Grave? (laughs) Who made that hire? Really, I want a name. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. God, that was funny. My kid's
0: reaction to it was hilarious, though. She's as old as grandma, they kept saying. (laughs) Which
1: which turns out is true. Yes. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. Strong
0: and Getty show. I'll have to get those to the math on the mutation later. Oh, f- the COVID mutation. I feel like this hasn't gotten enough attention that the, the the COVID virus mutated to where it spreads faster, or there's a variant out there, and um, now it's a race between the faster spreading uh, mutation and the vaccine getting out, and it's a big deal, and. Um, you know, I don't know if it was because people on vacation or, or or the media didn't catch on, but I'll explain why it's a big deal. The The Atlantic did the math, or a scientist did the math, and they reported it on how much more quickly spreading this thing is, and what that could mean death
1: wise. Yikes! Yikes! So we were talking about Cindy Lauper last segment. Speaking of crazy old ladies, Nancy Pelosi was elected Speaker of the House for the 117th <laughs> Congress. That's the fourth time, probably the last time, as she is 80. Uh, she good morning won. good morning to you ma'am she won uh, barely enough votes five democrats flaked which was actually a lower number than the last time they must have had some sort of come to jesus meeting because i thought she might actually struggle to get the the gavel but um
0: she's good though she is good she's not as good as she used to be but she's still really good and you got to have somebody better like and she's old... a monster
1: fundraiser and then caucus whipper
0: like, yeah, from their standpoint, I you know, she's not my cup of tea. But if I'm a Democrat, I want her in charge, probably. She's good at that job.
1: Well, and there's no clear successor, because she's 80, her second in command is 80, and the third in command is 80.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, we had an old boss who used to say, it's so easy to fire somebody. You think, you don't like this person, you want to get rid of them, or whatever. It's so easy to fire somebody. But you got to replace them with somebody better, or you didn't think, accomplish anything. So who are you going to put in there? I mean t- I fired that person? That accomplished something.
1: <laughs> who are you going to put yeah. in that's better than Nancy Pelosi? Got rid old Deadwood. So, uh, yeah, she's going to be doing battle with uh, the squad and the super liberals and all, but she has... Uh, God, she is old. S- and she started- has definitely lost a step. She has started her tenure with some real punches in the mouth of the the far left uh, crowd. You shouldn't Did punch am- an old lady in the mouth. Uh, no, she's doing the punching. Oh, with her with her scrawny little arms but she's um <laughs> yeah denying key committee posts to AOC and Rashida Tlaib yeah. and the rest of it so she's sending a, a loud signal Uh, It's something. She may be the Republicans' best friend in terms of shutting up the the squad. Although, no, I guess that's not true, because it's not a double reverse, it's kind of a triple reverse. The louder the squad gets, the better it is for Republicans. Absolutely. Because they're out of their freaking minds. Uh, Including
0: the crowd that went after Nancy Pelosi's house in San Francisco.
1: I was just going to say, all this is not reason enough to saw off a pig's noggin and (laughs) leave it on her driveway. So somebody put
0: a pig's head (laughs) on her driveway, but... To me the more important thing is that among all the things that they painted on her garage door was cancel rent which is a growing uh, chant among a certain crowd including part of the squad. Yes one of them uh, has regularly tweeted out cancel rent which is just a moronic I mean like you're you're it's, you're not even a 10 year old you're a 5 year old view of the way e- economics works.
1: The rent is too damn high.
0: What if we just didn't have to pay
1: to live here? Well, that would be wonderful, Junior. Except then here wouldn't exist because nobody in their right mind would provide it. Now, do your homework. (laughs) You child. Now, Jack, uh, uh, focusing on the cancel rent, I want to stay with the pig's head for a little while. Uh, Actual
0: head of an actual pig? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely authentic hog's head. And w- in, in what way was it at her house? Was it hanging from something or stuck on something? Or? Well, you see, they the vandalized. There's a spike right out
1: front. Do you remember the picture when the guy uh, pooed on her driveway like a month, uh, two months ago? Yeah, I or guess. S- some guy is a political gesture, uh, 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 unleashed a deuce on her driveway there, which is just, I mean, it's uh, actually it's hard to notice in San Francisco. Right. Yeah, um, but it was vandalized with a Hogs pig's heads head. You don't see, but human poos, sure, everywhere, please, everywhere. You could you could hop from the Bay Bridge to the Golden Gate, stepping on nothing but human excrement if you wanted. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, what her a dream. Her house was vandalized overnight with a pig's head surrounded by a pool of red paint, simulating blood, as well as a spray painted message that appeared to allude to the failed two thousand dollar stimulus checks. The House Speaker's white garage door was defaced with black graffiti, including an anarchist symbol, Jack. Uh, and text reading, Tooth K, cancel rent. We want everything. Again, back to the idiotic and childlike politics of that sort of people. Um. Oh, oh that reminds me. Gosh, darn it. Where I can't see the sound sheet. It's too far away and I'm getting old. Uh, we got to get that Ted Wheeler stuff on. Ted Wheeler. Ted Weasel, sorry, I mispronounced his name there. I'm new to this country. Uh, Ted Weasel, the mayor of Portland, finally came out and said, look, Antifa's ruining the city. Really? I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. Well, it got He's buried because right. it was New Year's Eve stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, maybe I'm overstating what he said a little bit, but he said some really good stuff. Um, he finally, and, and uh, Ted, you should listen to the Armstrong and Getty show every single day. We've been telling you with near 100% accuracy, how this stuff would turn out if you continued to do what you're doing. And we have been completely right. You can't passive your way out of these angry, violent lunatics. We'll, we'll bring that to you in, uh, in a couple of
0: minutes. Hey, TV news, you don't have to show a needle going into somebody's arm to do the story. Good God. Every time. Every, Every... It's obligatory. Apparently. I'm a little desensitized to uh, that sort of stuff on television though as we got into Hannibal over the Christmas <laughs> break oh <laughs> my god have you watched Hannibal Not a second of it John have you seen it no no this is a blind spot for me um it's good the psychological thriller part of it is great It's the same mm. person who wrote the book that became Silence of the Lambs I mean it's, oh, okay it's, it's it's good it's not but it is so graphic. I wish oh. they left the graphic stuff out and just did the psychological thriller stuff because I really like it. But it is the most graphic thing you've ever seen times one hundred. Oh, I mean, no. it's, it's so
1: over the top. It, Give he, us just an
0: example. I don't want to.
1: I don't Come want on. to. Just is a is sick enough? Somebody get their nose bit off? People tongue ripped? Well, out? Well, he
0: eats everybody. So you're You
1: know, you, know you got a
0: lot of you got a lot of cooking people up and eating them. Oh, and feeding them to various people who don't know it and that sort of I don't of stuff. need a lot of that. And, uh, turn people inside out and very graphic depictions oh, of that. Oh, no, it's just, I'm yeah. sorry I asked. Make him stop. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> gruesome. It's super yeah. gruesome. Good show, yeah. though. But, uh, anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, back to the also gruesome pig's head. So, uh, for some reason, I'm angry at a politician and I think the best way to send a message is to put a, uh, uh the head of a pig and only the head of the pig. Right, uh, surrounded
1: by red paint simulating uh,
0: blood. On their house. I and I live on a farm, I would not find it that easy to lay my hands on a hog, hog's head. How do you even go about doing that?
1: I think probably a, a butcher could get you one. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I've never shopped for one. It's the internet general, age. It's the internet. a couple
0: clicks away. Yeah. I'm
1: more fond of their hiney and their ribs, honestly. There's
0: probably a hog's head delivery system. A, there, there's an app for that,
1: most likely. Hogshead.com. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I'm probably same ha- day
1: delivery. Oh, you know? Doordash.
0: <laughs> Good vet could get it oink and probably
1: get it to my house by noon. <laughs> Uber oinks. Huh? Huh? <laughs> exactly. Huh? Yeah. Uh, oh, hey. Uh, speaking of uh, the far left and the politically correct and and all, I mean, we could fill an hour and a half with with some of the stuff I have. Uh, putting a lie to the whole gender inequity pay thing, uh, and and it factor and education factors in and all sorts of stuff um uh, you know statistics on uh various black people around america from uh, immigrants from this part of the world to that part of the world to native born black people and how they're doing economically so much of what is uh, the the basis the bedrock of the whole woke intersectional victim oppressor equity thing i mean the facts aren't even there Never mind that their policies for fixing it are, are insane and counterproductive, but it's not even true what they're saying. So we need to get into that at some point as well.
0: Um, So we got the 2021 banished words list we should get to. These are words we don't want to hear anymore this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, The bunch of things go
1: into public domain. Oh, is there anything to be said about the uh, Nashville explosion, really? I mean, I kind of followed that story over the... I mean, this guy's just some... Lonely, uh, right. crazy loner, right? Yeah, he's a complete nut job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are various false stories now catching uh, you know, wind on the Internet that it really wasn't. It was actually a bomb set off by the government, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, which
0: brings us to 60 Minutes last night on the whole Section 230 story, but some of that stuff on there. Um, for instance, one of the dads from the Sandy Hook massacre where all those little kindergartners got shot. This guy's had to move seven times because of death threats. His poor little kid got shot to death by a psychopath at school. This dad has had to move seven times because there's so many weirdos on the internet who believe the conspiracy that the government is behind that, and he's just a crisis actor and And making it up. And he's part of the government effort to pretend they're you know make pull off these school shootings so that you can uh, confiscate everybody's guns. So, yeah, if you got people out there that believe that sort of crap, who knows what this guy believed who blew up downtown Nashville. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whether it was 5G or whatever else it was. Craziness. Yeah. But uh, let me hit you with some of those statistics I'll okay. be talking about next. It's, it's worth staying tuned for, I promise you. Armstrong and Getty. The
0: Armstrong and Getty Show. The new variant certainly creates more risk that this uh, epidemic peak could get extended. We're going to see the epidemic probably peak at some point this month, um, hopefully earlier in the month. I mean, that was the original estimates and the original modeling, but the lag in terms of the effect on the healthcare system, is going to be about three weeks, and so the healthcare system is not going to see maximal resource utilization until closer to the end of the month, and that's when we're likely to see um, the peak number of deaths on a daily basis as well. So we still have a ways to go with this current surge of this epidemic until we start to see cases decline, hospitalizations start to decline, and hopefully deaths start to decline. I am not a conspiracy guy, but I feel like Dr. Scott Lee- Gottlieb and others have told me. The worst is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I feel like I've been told that a half a dozen times.
1: Yeah, I you know, not to get off on this because we're going to talk about it at the top of next hour, but there's some really information really interesting information on how they're calculating ICU capacity in corrupt California and how it's misleading. Again, the intentions are good, but the num- they're twisting the numbers so it looks worse than it is.
0: Well, anyway. and, and uh, finding out that Dr. Fauci, you know, him admitting, oh, yeah, I, uh, I moved the gold post because I didn't think people were ready for the information.
1: We got to talk more about that, because okay. finding
0: out that they are misleading us because they don't think we can handle the truth is really troubling.
1: I want to dive into this real quickly. We've talked for you know quite a while about how the whole gender pay equity gap thing is a fiction. It's a, uh, it's a misunderstanding of a lot more complicated issues in life, including what people's priorities are. Uh, women would rather have time off than more money. Uh, there are huge differences in the occupations in general that men, uh, more commonly pursue than women. Um, and it's just, it's not true. And this is one of the reasons why, and this is from the uh, American uh, Economics uh, Institute, I think. I can't remember their their name, AEI.org. But uh, this gent put together a number of charts, Mark Perry, explaining some of the things you hear about in the news and particularly in politics and the realities behind them. For instance, your top ten most dangerous occupations in the United States, counting up from number ten to number one, Landscaping workers, farmers and ranchers, iron and steel workers, truck drivers, uh, garbage collectors, construction trades, roofers, aircraft pilots. Don't think about giant commercial craft. Think about the little ones. Uh, logging workers and commercial fishing. Your uh, what do you call it? Your deadliest catch. People. Turns out it is deadly. That's the number one profession. Okay, so those are the ten most dangerous professions, and some of their uh, fatal injury rates are terrifying. Here are the percentages of males in those occupations. 94, 76, 99, 94, 93, 97, 98, 93, 98, 100. 99.9. All of the most dangerous professions are men. Hmm. And as, I keep forgetting his name, I read him all the time, Mark Perry. I love this writing. Uh, Based on the huge gender disparity in occupational deaths last year, A male-to-female ratio of 11 to 1. I've calculated that the next equal occupational fatality day will occur March 2030. Women can continue working for the next decade before they'll experience the same number of job-related deaths that took the lives of men in 2018. Should we make it a priority to close the gender occupational death gap? Should we profusely thank thank the hashtag patriarchy, hashtag toxic masculinity, and men for risking their lives to do all the dirty, dangerous work building and maintaining the nation's infrastructure? Uh, He goes on with some detail. Melinda Gates and her feminist group Equality Can't Wait have a goal of gender equity in our lifetime. I think the gender occupational death gap is probably one gender equality that can wait. Then there's this. This is a look at the University of Michigan and at and hmm, take two University <laughs> of Michigan at Ann Arbor fall enrollment for 2020. It shows the female share of students at the tw- and it's a great school by the way you can't get into it. Um, it shows the female share of students at the 21 schools and colleges at the University of Michigan's main campus. Female students are the significant majority in 17 of the 21 academic units. Just a slight majority in two units and a minority in two out of the 21 units. And that's business and engineering. And Mark asks, will Melinda Gates and her organization advocate for gender equality in her lifetime? For the 17 disproportionately female academic units at UM. Or is the concern for gender disparities highly selective and unidirectional? also, can we stop now with all of the special single-sex, female-only preferences? Many of them illegal violations of Title IX anyway. The favoritism, the affirmative action, scholarships, fellowships, women's centers, women's commissions, mentoring, advising, etc. for women in higher education. Isn't it time to declare victory and move on? Yeah, I've been saying that for a long time. You won! Be happy you won! Well, except you haven't won because there was no fight elevating women well if you want in terms of elevating women but it appears to have just quashed the participation of men in all of these fields I mean nursing and social work granted you expect a lot of women but those are like 89 and 83 uh, percent art and design 82 percent public health 73 percent women education 72 uh, let's see information public health 66 and on it goes and uh, and finally when you get down to a just a handful handful of majors you got more guys than gals it's really something and then uh female uh, share of uh, bachelor's degrees women have earned the majority of u.s bachelor's degrees in biology for more than 30 years in the most recent year the female share biology degrees reached a record high 62.2 percent and yet all we hear about is the shortage of women in stem due to the hashtag patriarchy and sex discrimination mm. As I said earlier, not only are the the cures uh, from the progressive left counterproductive and, and, and dumb and oppressive, but the facts aren't even there. They, I don't even know what they're talking about. And we have more of those charts. Uh, maybe we'll sprinkle those in throughout the day, but they're really, uh, really worth looking at. So did in fact, you know, you know what, uh, Hanson, I'll zap this over to you so we can have it at armstrongandgetty.com.
0: Did you know we're going to talk about the uh, coronavirus, the new strain, all that sort of stuff coming up on next segment, but did you know that after 100 years, copyrighted material goes into the public domain and becomes free, Mm -hmm. more or less? Um, And there's a bunch of stuff because um, it has been long enough. Uh, As of now, The Great Gatsby is in the public domain. If you want to read that book, you don't have to buy it. It's just out there.
1: I'm going to put out a special edition with uh, certain enhancements. Not for the kids.
0: Uh, including a whole bunch of other stuff that is probably heard of that are classics. And um, I'm kind of excited about that. So does that free up the intellectual property I can write my sequel the Best Gatsby? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> a bigger, better Gatsby. You know what's kind of funny? I just saw this on the list. I actually paid $10 for Miss Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. Uh, like two days before it went public domain, it would appear to be here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Idiot.
0: <laughs> it's free as of today. I paid for it a week ago because I somehow got into that book and read it over the, oh, over the hey, break.
1: You got booksellers all over America.
0: Put it in
1: 20% off, 80% off. Just sell it, sell it. Get anything you can for it. Hey, we got a room
0: bought Miss Dalloway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How about music? Are there any uh, like great uh, John Philip Sousa songs I can cover?
0: There are some films like Buster Keaton movies and stuff like that that uh-huh. are now public domain. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and lots and lots of music, but a lot of Irving Berlin and you got to go way back. Oh, it's good stuff.
1: <laughs> it's the good stuff. Armstrong and Getty.